What's up, guys? I'm glad you're here. My name is Drake, and you're listening to the Double Click Podcast by Holy Hill Media. Q episode three of the Double Click Podcast. My name is Drake, and uh, yeah, today I'm flying solo. Recording a podcast today um, to just talk to you about some of the things that have been on my mind uh, from 2022 as a recap and then going into 2023. Um, man, oh man, it's been a year and I don't know about you guys, but this year flew by, uh, but it didn't at the same time. Uh, I'm talking on two sides of my mouth, I guess, but it's been crazy. It's been a whirlwind, but it's been exciting to see um, what's happening inside the four walls of Holy Hill Media, what's happening in the industry. Uh, some exciting, you know, momentum with clients that we have, some creatives that we respect and follow. Um, so 2022 has been a blast, but I would like to talk about the climate. I'd like to talk about what we've seen in 2022 in business and marketing and what I think we can expect in 2023. So this one's going to be a shorter podcast because it's just me, um, but who knows? I can get on a tangent too, so let's just get into it. In recapping for 2022, um, there's a few things that have that have stuck out to me as um, as I guess a business owner and a marketer, and I want to say before I go into that point, this year has been one of the most unexpected and peculiar years in business and marketing I have seen in my few years of being in this industry and as a business owner. I have been taken back by how many times I have eaten my own words this year. Um, and very specifically with how much content creators, independent contact, contact creators and influencers have ruled the social media world. I really thought that based on businesses, resources and, you know, intuition and experience, they'd begin to leverage internal influencers, but internal influencers have almost completely died out through socials. And they've been replaced with independent freelancing influencers and creators. And I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing because that, you know, 2022 wasn't the first year that happened. It's been happening for about five years prominently. But we have seen probably the peak of such in 2022, which leads me to say that in 2023, I think creativity be it as abundant as it is right now and saturated as the platforms might be with amazing content. I believe that 2023 transitioning and from 2023 and into 2024, it will be the, the era of the marketer. I think the pendulum is going to swing back away from the creator and back to the marketer. What I mean by that is this creativity is at an all time high at least with public creativity, the amount of content being shared, whether that's video, whether that's design, whether that's photo, whether that's podcasts, whether that's blogs, um, the amount of posts being put out, the amount of content being distributed, it's at an unbelievable all-time high. And I think that there's something to be said about the creativity in which we've acknowledged so heavily the past few years, um, specifically in 2022. And I think that in 2023, again, we're, we're going to have to somewhat correct that because as we know, attention is only as good as what's hot in the moment. Attention is only as, as, as valuable as it is relevant. 
And I think that with as much content being put out and much creativity being displayed, people are going to learn to not appreciate it as much. And I think we're going to have to, you know, there's going to have to be different ways in which you not only capture attention, but retain attention. And so I think in 2023, and you've, you might, if you've been following any of our social channels or you've listened to another episode of this podcast uh, previously, you've probably heard me use a phrase that I think will be a, a power phrase, a fire phrase, a, the, the hot topic here in 2023. And that is a digital ecosystem. And the digital ecosystem for, you know, in, I guess in layman's terms and, and an explanation is being able to harness and leverage every digital platform out there to work together to accomplish one goal. And that's conversion, whatever conversion looks like for your business or organization. Um, and even more specifically, I'll explain. It's taking Google ads, it's taking your SEO effort, which is search engine optimization. It's taking your social media platforms. It's taking your email marketing and text marketing if you're involved. It's using all of these assets to work together, to capture attention, to retain attention, and then pull somebody through a sales funnel, a marketing funnel in order to achieve conversion. For whatever reason, I think because we're so focused on creativity, we've gotten away from creating, we've gotten away from funnels. We've gotten away from uh, pulling people into a contact system where you might sign up for a newsletter now um, to hear more about what we have going on or because you're interested in our content or because there's some sort of promotion in order to do so. You get X percent off a service or product. Um, that's, that's how you enter into the funnel. And then you start, you know, just hitting them consistently, but not to a point where you sound like spam or feel like spam, you hit them consistently, you pull them into a sales funnel because you have their point of contact, right? And they're following you on socials and hopefully, um, you know, they're seeing you other places. Your branding is spread out enough to where there's a multi-point system capturing and retaining their attention. And so I, I think people got so far, um, you know, down the, the creativity trail that they're forgetting about conversion. They're forgetting about the systems. They're forgetting about uh, call to actions, as simple as it might sound. And they're forgetting to teach their audience to actually purchase. I can't tell you how many times I see businesses, uh, videos or whatever go viral, and they don't do anything with the attention. It's like, what's the point of the attention if it's not meant to convert? Um, and so the focus is just reach, 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 volume, 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 likes, 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 shares, shares, shares. And that's all great. Those are vanity metrics, though. Those things don't necessarily mean they're making you any money. They're making you um, growing in your awareness for your organization. It just means that you've been in front of a lot of people. And I would say it's never a bad thing to go viral unless, of course, it's in a bad way. But what's the point of gaining attention if you can't retain it and then convert it? And so that's why I think that, you know, the, the pendulum is going to swing back to, to, to the marketer here in 2023. Um, I think creativity is going to still be a piece of the puzzle, a huge one. But I also think that at some point in time, um, you know, the money being dumped into creativity uh, has to be matched by strategy. So that's what we're, that's what we're really honing in on, you know, inside of the walls of Holy Hill Media in 2023. It's figuring out how to leverage creativity to capture attention and then strategy to retain attention and then strategy to convert the attention. That's a really simple uh, explanation, but I, I truly do believe that's where we're headed in 2023 and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it for two specific reasons. One, because it's going to put marketing into a more respected category, whereas for some reason, the last few years, um, I think it's it's kind of, it's probably split, but I think a lot of people still think that they can just do the creative aspect of the marketing in-house 
and they're frustrated because they're just spinning their wheels and I know because they know they need it, but they don't want to spend the money on it. And then eventually, you know, as, as time goes on, more and more people are catching up and they are investing in creative. Um, and that's great. That's completely great. But now you're neglecting the marketer and you're saying, well, we don't need you. We hired an influencer. We don't need you. We hired, um, I don't know, a videographer. That's great. Okay. Well, the videographer doesn't know how to actually use the video most of the time. They're, 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 if they're really good at the video, they're probably niched in video production, right? The cinematography, you know, they're, 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 they're some the creative directors of the world, but they're not the strategists. They're not running, they, they don't run ads behind them typically. Right. And that's, that's, that's why it's, it's so difficult. It's so difficult to, to harness the digital ecosystem with one person because it's not meant for one person. It's meant for a team of specialists. And that's why agencies work because you are paying one person's salary, but getting five people working on the project as the example of, of, of our team with Holy Hill Media. And, you know, some people say, well, you know what, I'll, I'll pay the five salaries to keep it in-house. That's completely fine. As long as you know you have to hire people that are that are competent in each of those categories that you're trying to, uh, you know, the systems that you're trying to accomplish through through the marketing strategy. So, I would say that's 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 the biggest reason why I'm excited about it is is it's, it's demanding a collaboration between the creative and the marketing, the the strategy um, expert, and the person who knows how to use the creative and convert with the creative. Um, and then the other part, the second part that excites me about is it creates a, a need for more conversation built around what's working and not working. I, we've worked with a handful of clients this year who they're, they're spending lots and lots of money on platforms that they cannot quantify conversion. Now, I understand some of those are powerful, you know, um, marketing attempts, and I understand that maybe the billboard on, you know, US 24 is, is, you know, it catches a lot of people's eye, reminds them to stop in because they've had, you know, plans to stop in. But it's really hard for me to put any um, stake in things that you can't quantify the conversion for. Not everybody's going to tell you if they saw your billboard and that's why they came in. So how do you know how much money you're spending is, is, is it's worth it? How do you know? How do you know? And so, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but what I'm saying is if I can't quantify it, I usually don't touch it. And that's the strategist in me. That is the marketer in me. I need the numbers to prove that it's working or else we can be using this money somewhere else where we know that it's going to work. And then it becomes a numbers game versus a hope game. And so um, I think it's fair to elude to this now because uh, I'm, I'm committed to this, but I actually uh, have decided to write a book. And I will say that a good friend of mine, um, Tori Peterson, she's an author, she's a speaker, um, and she is a, a powerhouse and she has a lot of things going on and her future is brighter than the Northern. But she and I had a conversation the other day and she is so good at holding me accountable to just doing it. If I've got an idea, uh, I've got a, if I have a desire, she pushes me to do it, and and I and I really appreciate that about her. She's been a really good friend to uh, her and her husband Jacob have been really good friends to my wife and I now for um, I think going on a year, and uh, yeah, I'm just very grateful for them. But more or less, she held me accountable to the idea of writing a book, um, and that book will be titled "Hope Is Not a Strategy." 
small business marketing. And <laughs> this book will uh, specifically talk about the idea that so many business owners, um, especially startups and small town businesses, they rely on just hope to, to, to bring traffic in. They rely on sheer belief that, you know, because they have a brick and mortar, um, they're going to, you know, they're going to bring, they're going to bring business in because they have a storefront or if they post on Facebook, you know, why isn't anybody liking it? Well, you know, first of all, are you posting anything that anybody would want to come to your page for? And then second of all, you know, is it the only way that you're, you're drumming up business? Cause that's not good. If that's, if that's the case, um, you know, I talked to somebody the other day, I think a lot of people don't know this, but um, I often meet with people considering starting new businesses to help them lay the groundwork, make some connections as far as maybe uh, accountants, attorneys, things of, of, of that nature, as well as help them with their, you know, start vision casting for their marketing strategy. Um, and one of the people I met with the other day, they have a great business model written out and lined up to buy and resell items from um, trucks and uh, they buy pallets and their random objects. Uh, that Amazon either didn't want. I'm not sure how it works or where the products necessarily come from or why they come to the uh, do that process. But she wants to resell those products, and um, you know she's really excited about having a brick and mortar and a storefront. And um, the way I saw it is, why are you going to take on more overhead if you can sell online? Why would you have a storefront if you could sell online for a lot less and probably more efficiently? And the whole idea was if we have a storefront, we're guaranteed to get foot traffic. That is probably the worst law you could believe in as a, as a, you know, a future business owner, because I've learned this the hard way too, as a business owner, but you really have to keep an eye on your overhead. You really have to keep an eye on your cash flow. And is from the early age of starting a business, the bigger you can keep that profit margin, the better, because you should grow. And this is, this is, um, this is some probably business 101, but it's some uh, really fundamental, really <laughs> groundbreaking stuff for me that my business mentor, uh, Ben Nicewander, had taught me uh, a couple years back. But he said, you only grow from your cash flow. That is a healthy, grounded business if you're growing from your cash flow. And what he means by that is this. Let's find out a way to make money with no overhead or very little overhead and as we grow and make more sales and our profit margin, that, that gap between how much we're spending and how much we're making, the, 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 the more that gap grows in, into the green, not the red, into the green, the more we have opportunity to grow then because now our profit is affording us growth. And so um, I think it's so important for business owners to understand that. I'm kind of getting on a tangent at this point, but I think it's important to say. I think it's important to say for a couple of reasons, but the first one is this when you start a business and you're considering marketing or you're considering a business strategy, you have to ask yourself, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to accomplish? Even in marketing strategy, again, what do I want to accomplish? And then stop adding so many other things to it that don't align with your, your primary goal. Specifically with marketing, I don't understand why so many people are saying, you know, we need to do this and that and the other. Well, if it doesn't align with you, you have a an attorney's office and you only serve people within a 30 mile radius. Why in the Lord's name are you spending so much time and resource on TikTok? Why are you not on the platforms with more of a geographic anchor? Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, even Twitter. 
people around you are going to see a lot of these these content pieces because these 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 platforms, their algorithms are are, are created to connect you with people with relevance, including geographic relevance. And TikTok doesn't do that. Why? Because it's a, the way Gary Vaynerchuk refers to it, it's a, it's a merit system. You know, if the content's good, it's going to explode towards the people who want to see it. But quite frankly, a lot of the time, it's not geographically anchored. It's great for people who have products they can sell anywhere in the world. But if you're, if you're anchored to a specific location, it's, it's, it's foolish just because it's working for other people to start putting all your, your, your eggs in the TikTok basket or even the YouTube shorts basket for that matter. And so that said, bringing it back in, moving forward and into 2023, I really hope that we can create some efficiency. And what I mean by efficiency is let's focus on what matters and stop talking about what doesn't. If it doesn't bring us conversion, if it doesn't affect our bottom line, why are we working on it and why are we discussing it? Or let me take it a step further. If I cannot quantify how it's going to affect our bottom line and I cannot plan and project and expect how it's going to affect our bottom line, why am I touching it? I know that sounds harsh, but this is the way I'm thinking at this point in time. This is the way my team is thinking. And honestly, this is what's working for us. And this is what's working for our clients right now. It's because we, we toss the BS. We peel back the layers of fun and cute and we start doing what works even if it's not attractive, including SEO. Now it's fun to say it, and it was kind of a buzzword for a few years, but search engine optimization. How many people are aspiring to be a search engine optimization specialist? No, everybody wants to be an influencer. Everybody wants to be a videographer. Everybody wants to be, you know, the, a bomb designer or an, a business owner, for goodness sake. I'm going to do a whole podcast about the surge in entrepreneurship the last two, maybe three years. And I, yeah, that's going to be a completely separate episode but for for now for now let's let's stay on topic all of these things again we're we're buying into them because it's working for somebody but if it doesn't work for you stop touching it you have to ask yourself what are we trying to accomplish here what has worked in the past what has not worked in the past and if those aren't three conversations that you're that you're having at your marketing meeting your creative meeting um you know your quarterly sit down then i'm telling you right now you're inefficient and you're probably wasting a lot of time and money on a lot of things that aren't working for you so that said, what to do about it? We've talked about a recap of 2022 and the way we, you know, in Holy Hill Media and the way we're seeing the industry uh, coming to a close in 2022, what we're expecting in 2023, um, and a little bit in between. But now I want to discuss briefly what that means for you. What does what what does it mean for you that creative surge is is probably um, it's not going to come to an end. It's not even close to coming to an end, but what it will warrant is more people who know how to leverage the creative volume and, and, and the reach that the creative is achieving and learn how to convert that into sales. And so, yes, you will see a lot more influencers. You will see a lot more content creators out there. You will see a lot of that, um, that personal branding going on, but eventually it has to be anchored by a strategist and eventually it has to be anchored by the know-how and how to convert that attention. And so what I want to say is this, nothing should be done outside of a strategy in 2023, nothing. And that strategy should include trying new things because I think the biggest downfall of people trying to just keep up the ones with a soft to moderate marketing approach 
the biggest issue is that you don't try things long enough. You don't put a, a full effort for as long as it takes to actually see results or the strategy is not there. And so when you're putting things out there, sure, you might get a little attention, but you're not going to convert it. And so it has to align with the strategy in 2023. Make room, leave margin for trying new things. But quite frankly, you need to be asking yourself what's worked previously and what's what's not worked previously, what's working now and not working now. And then you need to figure out what your industry wants to hear and how you can retain their attention. Another thing I think that is going to be a huge point of conversation is building a brand community. Uh, that's kind of been, uh, I would say it's kind of been like a buzzword the past, buzz phrase the past few years. Um, but I think it's going to come down to um, an, an even an even larger topic of discussion because um, now that we're learning how to get more and more attention, we have to learn to nurture it. We have to learn to nurture it because nurturing attention is how you convert leads. It's how you convert attention. And so you have to nurture. You have to affirm. You have to give value not only to people who haven't heard you yet or haven't followed you on socials yet, but you have to have a strategy built out and how you're going to entertain the attention that you've already earned, how you're going to add value to the people who have already acknowledged that you have something nice to say, something good to say, um, who listen to your podcast. How are we going to add value to both the new, the the unknowing client and, and customer and the existing client and customer? Because um, for whatever reason, um, and I'm willing to bet that a vast majority of you out there um, you listening right now, you have a marketing strategy built to find new clients versus upsell existing clients. Well, if you're working on nurturing a community, you know that you can sell to your existing clientele or ask them for referrals. Why? Because if you have a satisfied customer because your product or service is good, then your best bet, I mean, I wouldn't say your best bet, but I would, yeah, yeah your best bet is to first focus on how to get more business from your existing clients because word of mouth is the most powerful form of marketing. How do we do that at scale? Well, we give them opportunities to talk. We incentivize them to talk systematically. Not just an idea this quarter, so we're going to throw out an email and hope it works. No, it has to be a part of your culture. You have to teach your audience to work in the way that you want them to work. It's not manipulation because you're not doing this for free. You're not giving, you're not asking them for, you know, to work for you for free. No, 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 no. The incentive has to come in, in a kickback. Hey, listen, if you refer... I don't know if you send me, you know, the, the whole, it's the simple way to look at it is the way people do it on social media, tag three friends, share it to your story and we'll give away a $25 gift card. I think it's, it's probably overdone by now, but I get it. I get it because what you're doing is you're drumming up word of mouth. You're saying, Hey, listen, your friend trusts us. You should trust us too. Let's talk. Um, and that's great. But I think that nobody, I wouldn't say nobody, but a lot of people don't have a strategy lined up to nurture those leads, to nurture this com- these communities. And so I think that's the the other thing that we can look at. So it's it's strategizing and sticking to the strategy with leaving room with I- new ideas and trying new things. Second part is making sure that you have a strategy to nurture your community, your existing community, and consider referrals and upsells. Um, and then the third part, the third part I think that we can that we can take away from this, and and we'll wrap up after that, um, is the idea that conversion doesn't necessarily have to be a sale. It can be a newsletter sign up. It can be um, a text line subscription. It can be a podcast subscription because you have to ask yourself this. Do I only care about the clients who are ready to buy now in my target demographic or do I care about the ones who might be ready tomorrow as well? 
Because when you care about both, then you give both an opportunity to stay connected to your brand. You give both an opportunity to, well, you give yourself an opportunity to maintain attention from both. Because if your marketing strategy is only built for new clients, new customers, you're going to lose a lot of existing ones, or you're going to miss opportunity in, in, in reselling or upselling. And, and honestly, you're going to miss an opportunity with clients and customers who aren't ready to buy now, but will be tomorrow. So again, you have to make sure that you're giving attention to the people who might not be ready to buy today, but will be tomorrow. So see the podcast subscription, see the newsletter sign up, especially a newsletter sign up as a point of conversion. And if you start looking at it that way, you're going to see a more efficient and more productive uh, funnel inside your marketing strategy. All right, guys, um, it was fun talking with you. We would love to hear your feedback. Let us know what you took away from this episode. Let us know um, if you want to stop hearing me speak on my own again. You want to you hear more of the interviews or if you like the solo episodes. Um, let us know what you want us to talk about. And uh, we'll get it done because, again, this podcast is built for you. We'll see you guys next week.